0: Ladies and gentlemen, Annison and Colinos present I'm Al Alry, Tracer of Lost Persons, one of the most famous characters of American fiction in one of podcasting's most thrilling dramas. Tonight and every Tuesday at this same time, the famous old investigator takes from his file
1: and brings to us one of his most celebrated missing persons cases. Tonight's case is entitled The Case of the Two-Faced Murderer. Gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified enough. You know? I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay. You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal M. L. Elric. Feeling a little under the weather, and not just because I watched both the Michigan State and the Michigan games this weekend. But because, like many of you out there, I'm dealing with a little respiratory infection, so please wash oh, your hands, great. be careful, and uh, Sean, Sean doesn't wash his hands after he goes <laughs> to the bathroom, so I guess there's no point in telling him, which is why, why he's quarantining in East Lansing and will join us later this hour <laughs> with a report from the field after he meets Jonathan Corvallis-Smith, the new head coach at your favorite college football team, the Michigan State Spartans John Smith the certainly everybody who comes to play at Spartan Stadium likes Michigan State Spartan football because they usually leave happy unfortunately um, and uh, and so Sean will be joining us later uh, special guest today is my wife Teresa Baldus of the Detroit Free Press a former Michigan Journalist of the Year who's been covering the Ethan Crumbly case. We are coming up on the two-year anniversary of that tragedy, and this case is getting so convoluted and so weird that the parents who have stuck together are now splitting, at least in terms of legal strategy, and a lawyer for one of the parents could be going to jail soon. Teresa's going to explain to us all those twists and turns in one of the most complicated cases we've seen in a long time. Marcus here even though he's also on the DL for a physical ailment that he suffered (laughs) while blocking for Blake Corum. Really stupid, stupid injury. Well, you know, you're known for your gracefulness, but mainly on the air, not necessarily surfaces. Nowhere. Nowhere. those, Those sturdy calves that Sean admires so much let you down. That's very unfortunate. And intern Al is here to give us his perspective on the issues of the day, because, you know, we do believe that the children are our future, as long as they don't shoot you. So Al is going to weigh in as well. And a couple of things we want to do before we get into it. We want to thank our sponsor, our sole sponsor, Luke Nowacki, who sponsors all the Red Shovel Network shows and Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. We will tell you later on how you can reach out to Luke and how Luke can help you plan for a future that includes security, certainly more security than you're likely to get if you're just like, ah, I don't know i think i'll buy some stock in uh i don't know company x because everybody <laughs> loves company x and then you realize sam uh bank friedman or whatever his name was was behind company x it's not, sbf yeah uh, sbf not a good not a good move and i also want to tell you that time is running out for our merchandise sale the merch store closes on wednesday November 29th at 8 p.m. So please get your orders in now. This is some cool merchandise. It's the only time you can get it. And it will get to you in time for the holidays. So forget uh, Black Friday. Forget Cyber Monday. Time is running out. Get to the merch store, and you can get a link to that. It's at Giving our Tuesday. You can give to us. Oh yeah, give to us. This is a this is a good way to support the show while getting some cool swag. We're not a
0: charity, but
1: well, I mean, you know, people donate to public television, so they get a tote bag. Is there this nothing is- more
0: American, by the way, than Giving Tuesday coming after the three shopping days—Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday?
1: Yeah, are they trying to cash in on people who feel so guilty about all the shit they bought yes. for themselves, yes. and they're supposed to be buying? Is that really? Yeah. how it came about?
0: Or you figure out what you have left over and you might need to write off.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, yes. If like that joke, good. By, by all means, uh, assuage your guilt and buy some merchandise and support our show. We are a nonprofit. Um, if that means not profitable. Uh, I'm not sure that we have the tax status, but we certainly uh, are falling way short of our revenue goals. So this is one way for you to help us get there and for what it's worth to look fantastic as a net result of that. So go to our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. You'll see a link to the merch store. So uh, check it out. And we do appreciate your support. So it has been a busy week. Um, Good things happening at Michigan State football. Uh, Mainly if there's any doubt about whether we needed to burn it down, that was uh, eliminated when we failed to score a point. In fact, I took my nephew to the game. I took him to the Michigan game. In the Penn State game, he has now Ooh, seen the ouch. opponent score ninety-one unanswered points against oh. the Spartans. So, uh, you know, I'm tempted to say, "Boy, it was pretty nice to give this guy some free tickets," <laughs> but I actually feel pretty guilty, like I inflicted some horrible football on him. Maybe, maybe I owe him reparations. Well, how was how was the experience
0: at Ford Field though?
1: Well, unlike most of these November games, it was warm. And uh, that was great. And unlike these November games that don't matter, there was a good turnout from students and alumni. Mm. And good crowd, good vibe. Uh, Ford Fields, which uh, I rarely get to go to, does handle their business really well. Lots of bathrooms, lots of concession stands, lots of ways to get in and out. The uh, security staff and everybody there who is, is uh, I guess, part of the fan experience team did a really good job. They did hand out towels, but these just said three one three, which I thought was cool because last time they they handed out a rah rah towel, we got smoked, and so the towels had more ironic value than actual collectible value. So uh, so it was it was good. Uh, the first half was good. The team was encouraging. They really held uh, Penn State in check, but in the second half, it was just a uh, it was just a, a dog pile, which was a complete opposite of what you saw on Saturday at Michigan Stadium. Oh, my God, what a day. Where, um, you know, Ohio State made two mistakes, missed a field goal threw an interception. Soft. And it was a difference in a game. I mean, that was – you'd be a better judge of this than I, but uh, or than me, but uh, I felt like that was one of the more – memorable michigan ohio state matchups that we've seen at least in my time it was oh,
0: it was well i mean yeah. the hype the hype alone right number two and number three um i think two well, year- and the
1: drama too right the cheaters sure. up against the team that whose brother may have exposed the cheating you yeah
0: know? and when it all boils down to it and the game actually gets played on the field you have one team that will take risks because they believe that they can you know go for it on fourth and one and get a first down and another team that, you know, settles to try and kick a long field goal before the end of the half. One team can take chances and the other team just won't. That's been the difference in that Michigan Ohio State series the last three years. Michigan when it was Michigan the tackles, difference. Michigan tackles and blocks better
1: too. Okay. Uh it was a difference in that big game in Columbus too, where our yeah. ball went for it and didn't get it, although that call's debatable, too. Was that uh, I mean, DJ 20, Barrett or something? JT Barrett, JT when the, Barrett, the fourth
0: yeah. down play when he, yeah.
1: he didn't get it, but they said that he did, yeah, yeah in 2016. That's, 2016. that's mm-hmm. the Michigan perspective. But but Michigan has been the bolder <laughs> team. Even Brady Hoke going for two yeah. when they were going to take him into uh, overtime in Ann Arbor. So I think uh, there's a little bit of that pirate blood in the Wolverines, I, and I think coaches, not just because they're lying and cheating and stealing, which is what pirates and Wolverines do these I, days. But
0: I feel like head coaches in general are just – conservative by nature they're very very conservative they don't like taking too many risks i mean look at james franklin he never takes a risk right now well, sometimes he, you need to trust your guys and he, go for he it he did in he did in happy valley it blew up in his face against the wolverines but um no there was another time what was it fourth and sixth I don't, I don't know there's just been bad coaching decisions by him and and frankly ryan day in michigan michigan i even when they go for it and don't get it i although i will say this i really wish they would have gone for it uh, when they kick the second field of the goal to go up six at the end of the game. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Is it
0: fourth and fourth and three? Fourth and
1: I think yeah, it was about I've, fourth I've, and three I've, on their own seventeen. I've heard you talk about that in the Drew and Mike show, but what I think what's... they should have
0: gone for it i 'cause I'm I'm a big believer in possessions, right? So you're up one possession and you kick a field goal, you're still up one possession. I'd rather go for it, you get a first down game over.
1: You're controlling you're controlling the game. The problem with possessions is sometimes the kid's head spins around, they puke all over your priest, and then they piss on the living room carpet and insult astronauts. So you got to be careful with all possessions are not the same.
0: It was a very happy day. And then um, got home and I hurt my knee earlier in the, in the day and it progressively got worse. And I realized, wow, adrenaline and booze can mask a lot of physical pain throughout the day. So,
1: <laughs> so you, I was, you I, went to Schembechler hall, you fell on your knees and har, praised har, the har. coach Hilarious. and yeah. somehow uh, injured your patella. Is that, that's what I heard.
0: No. And one of the things I don't like about, I love Michigan stadium, right? I just, I mean that for me, right. A lot of good times there. The one thing I don't like about it is the setup. There's just not much space around it, right? It's right on stadium. It's right on main street. And part of that problem is the gates are really close to the road. And now that they have extra security, you know, cause got to pretend that everything's super safe. The gates even further back. So you have this mob of people trying to go in. So you're kind of following the mob, you know, you're all cattle trying to get inside and we're in the middle of this mob. And as you get closer and closer, you realize, okay, you're on the street. Here comes the curb. There's curb there. And they have those giant cement barriers to stop, you know, trucks from running in terrorist attacks or whatever. Because everybody's against you. Exactly. The world. Everybody, yeah. It's us versus the world. It's pretty lonely. Um, but, but at that point, when you're up at it, you only have one option. It's to go over the barrier, which everybody had to do. I mean, really old people, really, really fat people, people way bigger than me, you know, climbing over this thing. So it's my turn. And I jumped up and I'm, you know, put my left foot up, left-handed. My foot slides in between the barriers as my right foot comes down and totally twisted my leg. It sucks. And so I, my brother goes, oh, yeah, that didn't look like uh, you're supposed to bend that way. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't hear anything, and it doesn't feel that bad. And I kind of, you know, just went into the game, and Will Johnson makes an interception. I'm jumping up and down like a fool, so I guess I was okay. But, oh, my God, by the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I can't move my legs still. It's all swollen now. The good news is I had x-rays, and they're negative. But yeah, I but have to wear stupid tissue brace. doesn't
1: show up in x-rays, so... You could have some serious damage oh, What a damages. downer you Sorry. are, man Why don't you just go through the bla- the, the barrier like Blake Corm And then hand out a turkey I should
0: have, yeah, I should have So, But I, I would gladly take that injury Because it was still a very fun day
1: Well, you left it all out on the field for the team And that's what's <laughs> important
0: yeah. Well, About a month ago, I was talking about Michigan football to Brandon I said, I really wish I was Zach Zinter I mean, that guy's got everything going on He's a beast, he's going to play in the NFL Super smart kid and then what did he do? He broke his left leg in half,
1: pretty much. It was a nasty injury. Oh, thank God they got. So now him out my of the left game. leg. Hurts. He was holding them back. They, they turned the game around when they got that scrub off the field. Oh man, I got to you know. Kid. So you've played the game. Yeah. Uh, I I have. I uh, I don't want to say haven't played the game. I happen to be a very, uh, very successful and um, and accomplished hockey player. No 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 no. I'm a terrible hockey player, but in the uh, Chicago sport and social. Uh, co-ed uh, touch football league. I was a very successful quarterback, and I would have been more successful if some of those girls weren't so tough. But uh, Teresa saw the games. She 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 knows what a warrior looks like. But um, but when Zinter was leaving the field, he yeah. obviously suffered a grievous and incredibly painful injury. He looked like he wasn't hurting at all. Is that adrenaline, Do they just blow some morphine into him oh, right I away?
0: I mean, I think it's adrenaline, and I think once it's set, you know, he kind of. I mean, you've hurt, you've hurt bones, you've hurt. I mean, that's a, that was a break too, and who knows how clean of a break it was. It was his what is the two bones in your leg? What is it, the tibia and the fibula? Uh, I guess so. The big bone from your knee to your ankle, and then yeah. the one that supports it. Yeah, just it's, it was an ugly, uh, ugly injury. And his leg was. His, the foot was pointing the wrong way. They didn't show that on the TV. It was
1: nasty. Well, he he looked so calm. I was almost like, get off the
0: field already. Come on, you're
1: holding up the game.
0: Oh, he was not terribly calm. And I will say this about Ryan Day. Did you know this part about Ryan Day? That he came over and talked to his family?
1: No, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so his parents came down on, you know, obviously their kids hurt. He's getting carted off, and they came down. And Ryan Day actually followed him in the tunnel and said something to him. I assume it was something nice.
1: Well, I mean... I don't in so- he's
0: rubbing in, in, into the injury, but... Well, I, it's it's nice to see that because he's been such a baby about other things.
1: And Harbaugh didn't say anything to him on the field. He didn't even go up to him. I mean,
0: outrageous. He was to the hospital.
1: Oh, did he go to the hospital? Yeah, he wasn't allowed in the
0: stadium all day. Oh, is
1: that what it was? Uh, I thought he was afraid of going in the tunnel. That's okay. That's all right. He's all right. He's going to be fine. He'll be back there for the Big Ten championship game against uh, right, well, yeah. uh, Little Mary's Sisters of the Poor. Or whoever they're 10-2. Playing. What are you talking about? 10-2 is also the score of their last game. So uh, this reminds me of the Big Ten championship a couple years ago where Michigan, once they scored a field goal, it was over because Iowa has no offense, even when they import their offense from Ann Arbor. Yeah. Both of the guys who went from the Wolverines to the, the Hawkeyes are both out.
0: Na- nasty injuries for both yeah. of them, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty Eric bad Hall stuff. And, um, yeah. so McNamara.
1: So Mark is we'll Mark is playing hurt. That's so what- did you
0: realize now that the Connor Stallion stuff was all bullshit?
1: Oh no, no! If 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 uh, if it hadn't been for Connor Stallions, that game would have been a blowout. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, right. For Ohio State, they, okay. uh Michigan got just enough information to keep it close. What a huge advantage he was, huh? Well, they changed all their signs since hmm. he left. So d- did he and Harbaugh watch the game together? By the way,
0: I don't uh, know. I wish they would have put him on the scoreboard like during the intro video. Just inserted him in there.
1: Yeah, because nothing ever goes wrong when you put a villain on the scoreboard. That's one of the things <laughs> yeah, we learned in East, East Lansing. 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 Yeah, that was that was great. But, um, yeah. No, they
0: so. won't dare speak his name until the
1: NCAA is done with their investigation. In, uh, in what, 2073 or something? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Well, maybe all those ga- wins will be we'll vacated. See. We'll I'm see. I'm
0: going to Indianapolis, so I'll give you a full report. Oh,
1: you are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to make jokes about Wolverines not knowing how to get to Indianapolis, but now you guys, it's actually uh, in your favorites on your destination list, which is very disappointing. Sports is a weird thing that way, isn't it? Well, pendulums tend to swing, and they swing hard, so we'll see. We have a... A new coach in East Lansing, Sean, is probably as we speak um, asking him a question. Like, uh, uh, obviously, is a great coach. You know, coming to a great program, you must feel very good about what's going to happen here. Tell us how your genius is going to help turn around this wonderful school. And Sean, I didn't know you're throwing hardballs. You know, what are you doing here, man? I just got to town. Can you take it a little easy on me? It'll, but, uh, it'll be a question about food.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, your peanut barrel or crunchies for hamburgers? You probably don't use that that ground. Round like ML does, eating that processed. Are you
0: are you happy with the hire? Are you happy
1: with the? I'm delighted with the hire for a couple reasons. Maybe it's going to turn out to be five by the get by the time I get to the end of it. But oh boy, I'm sorry I asked the question already. First of all, for people who thought that this job was not desirable, this was one of the most sought after coaches in all of college football. So they showed they were able to pull a quality coach to a program that people think is going nowhere. So that's number one. now, when we find out they paid him $15 million a year, that may explain why he left a good situation for for a complete dumpster fire. Uh, the other reason why is because he has a history of building a program up from, from very little, which is what he's going to start with in East Lansing. The other reason why, and I know my Spartan friends are going to be upset hearing this, but he's been with little brother before. Oregon State is yeah. no question... The uh, the smaller sibling to Oregon out west, and he's been able to compete and build a program in the shadow of one of the the, the most glamorous, well funded, you know, iconic programs in all of America. So he knows how to work in that environment where guys like Nick Saban got freaked out by having a fight against Michigan for recruits and things like that. And the other thing is. He seems like uh, he seems like a guy who is fairly straightforward the whole time. That it was pretty apparent that he was being courted, he never pulled the bullshit of you know. I'm here until I'm gone. This is the only job I've ever wanted. I'm a beaver for life. None of that stuff that coaches typically play. So he didn't come in here with a lie on his lips. And he was going into a big rivalry game with a program that's trying to build momentum going into the postseason. And he was straight with everybody. I mean, as straight as you can be without, uh, you know, without saying, I'm talking to Michigan State, I'm probably going to accept an offer after the game. And I really respect that. I think that's important. I think integrity matters. I think it counts. And he's come in here without one big strike on him, which is I'll say what I have to say to suit my own needs. And that means a lot to me. I, I really think that's important. So I'm encouraged. But he doesn't know anybody in the Midwest and that's going to be a problem. People are already getting ready to leave the program because they don't know him and they're concerned. But um, I think it's I think it's a good choice. I think the home run choice. Have was, you seen
0: him coach? Have you seen Oregon State play at all this year?
1: No, but from what I've heard, they play the kind of football that uh, yeah. that you can win with.
0: Yeah, well, they play Big Ten type football.
1: Yeah, They're not the flashy style. throwing it all over. Yeah, Right, and that's that's what has brought great quarterbacks to Michigan State. And we've had some great running backs, so I, I th- I'm encouraged by that. But I thought that the guy I wanted was the coach in Toledo. I think oh, that, wow. that okay. he's, he's put together a successful program, obviously recruiting in the Midwest, uh, winning without a ton of talent, beating the competition, and I thought that that could be a potential home run hire, but it's also high risk. And with Smith... I think you get what you get. You know, this is, when I see somebody hiring somebody like Smith, I see somebody hiring a Lloyd Carr as opposed to a Rich Rod. Hmm. And I'm one of the people who thinks that Lloyd Carr was a great coach and that Michigan fans who got sick of him found out really quickly why they should have been more grateful than they were. And uh, I think... I mean, he left when he left, right? No, but I mean, there were lots of people like, oh, Lloyd, oh, Lloyd, sure, Lloyd. and sure, it's like, you know, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how you feel that way about a guy that just wins. So, um, so no, I think it's a good hire, and I know a lot of my Spartan friends are very excited about it, and I think it sends a powerful message that that this guy, uh, this guy came to a program that that he sees a lot of potential in. That's that's encouraging for those of us who have. This is a long way to just say yes. Yeah, I told you it might be more than two. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry. The other thing is no, people wanted that that Mike Elko from yeah. uh, Duke. From Duke. He's now at a and But he's only done two seasons, and he had a really good quarterback. When his quarterback went out, so did his program. I think Smith is one with different quarterbacks, just like Kalen DeBoer in, Wisconsin, in, in Washington. Everybody yeah. wants Kalen DeBoer. I'd like to see what oh, Kalen I'd, DeBoer yeah. could do without Michael Penix because he had him in Indiana. He's had him in Washington. You know, you, when you can ride a horse like He's that, you can go dang. pretty far. Sure. I mean, no one knows until they get to the new place.
0: There's right. so many variables. Right, right. No. That being said, I do think Smith's better than Elko.
1: Yes. And that should have been my answer to your question. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Next. So, Chise is waiting <laughs> patiently or shopping on Facebook Marketplace? She's been place. on her phone uh, a lot. We're, we're not really sure. But uh, she wanted to join us, uh, and with visual, even though we don't have video, until we get our Patreon situation straightened out. Alice got some exciting plans for us, so maybe he'll talk to us about that before we go. But Teresa has been breaking stories almost from the beginning on the Ethan Crumbly situation. Of course, Ethan Crumbly was the the high school kid in Oxford, Michigan, who shot a bunch of his, his classmates, teachers, staff fatally has admitted to it and is just awaiting sentencing, but his parents are still in jail for their role in this, or at least what the prosecutor says is their culpability in an unprecedented case where parents may be held responsible for the actions of their child in a mass shooting. And this case just keeps getting crazier. So Teresa, tell us what some of the latest developments are, because you've been breaking some big stories on this. And uh, every time I see one of these headlines, I'm like, what the hell else could happen here?
3: <laughs> Thanks for having me. So uh, the, the, the first biggest development that happened is that the parents from the get-go were on the same page on a united front. And uh, they had attorneys who were working from the same law firm. And the prosecution was like, this is a, a conflict of interest. You You shouldn't have these lawyers representing you. Um, because, you know, again, conflict of interest. Anyway, long story short, uh, the attorneys are still representing one, the mother, one, the father, but the attorneys are not with the same law firm. And most recently a judge granted a request for the parents to have their own trials. So that's the big, the biggest development here is that the parents will not be tried together. They will each have their own trial, um, which comes with all kinds of interesting issues because, um, uh, you know, each parent played a different role in the upbringing of this kid. What they knew about the gun, were were they both on uh, board about buying him the gun? Uh, as everyone may know, uh, the parents are being charged with involuntary manslaughter for buying the kid the gun that he used in the shooting. Um, uh, prosecutors have long argued that. Um, The parents ignored a uh, a troubled child who was spiraling out of control, and instead of getting him help, they bought him a gun, the same one he used in the shooting. And the other part, the reason they're charged is because uh, they never told the school about that gun when they had the opportunity to do so, which, as we know, on the morning of the shooting, the parents were called into the school about a note he put on his math homework sheet. He had drawn a gun, a bleeding body, and the words, the thoughts won't help stop me. Parents left him at school that day, the counselors let him go back to class. Two hours later, comes out of a bathroom and opened fire, killed four students, injured seven others. So I gave a quick wrap up of that, um, of the case. Uh, the shooter himself faces a life without the possibility of parole. Uh, a judge already determined that he is eligible for that, even though he was only 15 when he did this. He may, he's gonna be sentenced December 8th. He may not get that, but he is eligible. Uh, for it. So uh, he may spend the rest of his uh, natural life in prison. Now the parents. Uh, Parents are going to have separate trials. And uh, what's uh, the latest twist in this case happened is that the attorney for the mother, um, the prosecution wanted her sanctioned because of how she disclosed information about the shooter's uh, mental health. Um, to catch everyone up to speed uh the the parents part of their defense is that they didn't ignore their son they didn't know they had no idea that he would ever carry out a mass school shooting and so they asked the judge can we have access to his mental health records the same ones that a judge used to determine that he is eligible for life without parole the judge said um okay you can have these but we're going to have a protective order you cannot disclose anything that we give you in in this, uh, any mental health records you obtain about him has to be kept confidential. So when one filing, the the defense attorney for the mother, Shannon Smith, when she got these boxes and boxes of information about the kid's mental health and interviews he had with psychiatrists in jail, at first glance, she looked at all this and thought, oh, I, I need more time. Now their trial is set for January, she wasn't asking for an extension in the trial, but she said, can I have another four weeks to look over this material? Because lawyers have certain deadlines they have to meet before uh, the, the, the case starts. And in and, and asking for that length, she said, for example, I looked at this information and in one box, you know, <laughs> on a cursory review, we noticed that the psychiatrist said that Ethan told her that he never asked his parents to take him to a therapist. So that was written. That was a, a handwritten note of the psychiatrist. All this has been disclosed in court records at this point. But um, so the prosecution cries foul right away. They're like, wait a minute, you just disclosed that because you knew they argued that that she did this, knowing the media would grab it and run with it, which we did.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, because it's a contradiction um uh the the shooter has told psychiatrists two different things one I asked my parents for help and they never gave it got it for me and the other one is I never asked my parents for help so the defense attorney argues you know what this is fair game this issue has been out there for two years you know I I didn't give anything um uh, specific to to what you know the circumstances around which he said this, but it's fair for me to introduce this to argue over it, and at most to argue that Ethan Crumbly, the shooter, is unreliable. So that's her defense. But she could get um, she she could go to jail for this. She could be held in contempt for violating a court order that said all information must be kept confidential. Her defense is like this, and this has been Oops. out there for two years. Well, and it was in a filing
0: too, right? You said it was in a filing for an extension.
3: Yeah, it was in a filing for an extension. I, so it wasn't like she filed, um, and said, Hey, look at what I just discovered. Yeah. But essentially the prosecution she knew, says that's exactly what you did.
0: She knew what she was um, doing. I have then, a feeling, but, but that being said, I mean, it's, I mean, that's really, isn't that a, don't they consider that a gray area?
3: Uh, it, it could be, um, you know, uh. So it's, um, it, it's definitely a gray area. What I found interesting that the judge did was that, she, that the judge didn't sanction her right off the bat. The judge didn't say, you know what, I'm going to hold you in contempt. The judge put this off until May okay. and said, listen, I'm going to order you to come in here after trial and explain why you shouldn't be held in contempt, you know, why you did this. Well, by then, you know, the trial will be the, over. and The, the prosecution might know, drop
0: it by then too. This could uh, just be a, a thing to make sure she doesn't do any more of this.
3: Right, right. Um, So, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And, um, but uh, it's, you know, a lot of interesting stuff is, is, is coming out now, you know, psychological experts I've talked to tell me that it doesn't matter whether the kid asked his parents for help or not, whether he has a, uh, uh, whether he contradicts himself, Uh, a parent, it's their responsibility to get help for their kid. And they shouldn't have to wait for a fifteen-year-old to reach out to them and say, uh, "You know what? I, I'm not doing well. I need help." You know that, that that it's a parent's responsibility to get that child help. I, I, I hate um, I
0: hate being in a position because I don't like these parents at all. They're terrible parents. But being a bad parent, that's not illegal. So I mean, the, the crux of it is they should have gotten him mental help. But I the, their defense is we never would have thought he would have done the mass shooting. Doesn't right. it, that kind of carries some weight. I mean, who would ever think that would happen? They bought him a gun. It's a gun community. The review of the school, a lot of the people that work for the school said, Hey, I'm searching for bullets. We're a hunting community. We're a gun community.
3: Right. Right. Uh, However, okay. now the prosecution will argue, they did know he was a danger to himself. They've pulled up old text messages or to himself, know, messages between between the parents saying, hey, hey, where is Ethan? Why isn't he in school? I'm worried he's going to do something stupid. Um, so they, they point to a lot of this to say they, they knew he might be, uh, problematic, but, um, what's interesting is that up until the shooting, most people who encountered him were worried that he was suicidal, not yeah. homicidal. The counselor, when they kept him at school that day, after he'd drawn that on his, on his work, she had said, listen, I thought he was better off staying in school and not going home alone without his parents. Yeah. The parents also thought he was suicidal, not homicidal. So that that's um a, that's a, a key issue in this case as well.
0: Does um them having their separate trials, I would assume that helps them, right?
3: Uh it it, it could help one, it could help the other, could hurt one more than the other. Um so the the, the father is the one who bought him the gun. So uh could they flip?
0: But- I mean, could they would, would I mean there's no deal to be made, right? To have her flip against him, Jennifer?
3: Well, the, the the defense lawyers have been arguing all along. That's what the prosecution is trying to do. They're trying to create a rift between the parents sure. and the parents who are always on page one. But legally now, um, new witnesses have come forward in Florida that are oh. going to testify on behalf of one or the other, which makes it impossible. The other parent is going to have to cross-examine that witness. I mean, <laughs> they, they've come to this point. They, they have to have separate cases because they will have to turn on one another at some point. It's inevitable.
1: Oh, wow. You're still there, Emma? Yeah, I am. I, I read all Atrisa's stuff, so I, I knew all this. But oh well, the audience doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, I know you love diving into these legal matters, so I thought I'd give you your opportunity well, to, I, I, to, it, to. It's quiz an amazing. It is an
0: amazing case. I find them to be terrible people and <laughs> really bad parents. But uh, this seems like a really tough case to prove. I mean, what, what's the what's the feel? I I don't know how much you're allowed to speculate, but what's the feel as to how this will play out?
3: you know i i i don't know um i've always people don't like reading the comment sections and our stories Mm -hmm. or the facebook comments but i know lawyers do they read them because they want to you know get the temperature out there what is a you know prospective jury gonna look like feel like and what you see is um there's a lot of anger there's a lot of emotion in this case there are also people who think that this um you know, pushes the the limit. This goes too far, and uh, could set a dangerous precedent for parents. Um, you know, it's kind of all over the place. I I've I've said from the beginning what I, um, y- y- you may get an emotional verdict right off the bat um, that just says what this kid, you know, this is awful, and just convict, you know, an emotional verdict because of the anger, or you're going to get a hung jury. Um, you you know, yeah. you could have just one one uh, gun advocate on there who thinks, you know what, they, they didn't do anything wrong. Or you could have some parents on there that I think, you know what, um, I'd hate for this to be me. And yes, well, I don't like these parents. I I, I don't think this amounts to involuntary manslaughter. However, you know, the prosecution, they, they really do have arguments that we've we've never heard before as they've argued over and over again this case is like no other no school shooting did the parents go out and buy this gun for the kid on black friday three days before mm-hmm. he did this and and then the, you know the mom sending the text message when he got caught researching bullets at school and the son says mom are you mad and she says no i'm not just make sure you don't get caught next time lol all right um so you have behaviors we haven't seen before you you see us uh a, a ser- and these are facts. This isn't mm-hmm. something that I'm, I'm, you know, just whittling off the top of my head here. Uh, but again, um, the law is the law, and, and I, I mean, I've seen juries follow the judge's instructions when they say, "Listen, you can't bring emotion into this. You can only decide this case based on the law and the instructions I give you." Um, time and time again, I've seen juries do it. And I'm always in awe of it. Um, you know, will they be able to in this case? I mean, this, the jurors are coming from Oakland County. Um, yeah. You know, it's a pretty you, big pool. It, it, it is. It's still a big pool. And people don't pay attention to the news as much as we junkies think they do. That mm-hmm. one's like, you know, you've got to be sleeping under a rock not to know about this case. A lot of people don't, don't follow the news, you know. So at most, I can see jurors getting up there during Wadir and saying, yeah, I, I heard about there was a shooting and some kids died. And that's all they know.
1: Yeah, Um, And that's the other thing that people don't understand is the voir dire process is where potential jurors get grilled by both sides and they have to talk about their experiences, their biases, things like that. You might find somebody who says, uh, yeah, my brother got arrested for drunk driving and the cops roughed him up so I don't trust police. And they're like, okay, we want you off of this because this is a criminal matter. But you don't have to know nothing about the Mm -hmm. case. You can know a ton about the case. The issue is, do you promise not to do any investigation after you've been selected for the jury? And knowing what you know, can you approach both arguments and all the evidence with an open mind and make a fair and impartial decision? So this is not all about finding people who are completely disconnected from the world because we don't want people like that because they probably don't have the kind of life experiences that give them the perspective and the context to make a reasonable verdict. So you don't have to know nothing, but you have to come in there and you have to be willing to say, knowing what I know, I'm going to make my decision based on what I hear from this point forward and only based on what I've heard in this courtroom. So picking a jury is not as hard as people think, but the lawyers really screen these guys. And Oakland County is a large, Mm -hmm. diverse county. It's become like a... Purplish blue county, so you may say, well, they're going to be a little lighter on some of the, or a little harder on some of the gun stuff. But there are tons of hunters in Oakland County, and there are tons of people who want every gun taken and melted down and turned into, you know, peace medallions. So, you know, this is this is, and 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 Oakland County is becoming a more diverse county too. So they should be able to get a good jury. But now they're going to need two juries, unless right. one of the parents, right.
3: And, that, and that's going to be a tough part for the victims. They're going to have to go through this oh, yeah. twice now. And, um, you know, I'm surprised up to, to this point, you know, we haven't seen any type of deal on the table, nothing being offered. Uh, these parents have already been in jail for two years. Their son's about to go to prison for the rest of his life. Um, you know, there there are lots of schools of thought out there. But one thing I, I want your listeners to, to, to be well aware of. And if you haven't been on a jury before, the only thing you can base your decision on as a juror is whatever comes from the witness stand. It's not what the lawyers say in opening arguments or in closing. It's not what the judge says, you know, when he interjects himself. It's the only thing you can base your a verdict on is whatever comes directly from the witness stand, that testimony. Oops. Now, of course, people say things in court all the time and you hear lawyers yelling objection. And the judge will look at the jury and say, you cannot consider what that person just yeah. said, which is almost impossible. You can't unring that bell. Oh, yep. Um, you know, I, I don't know how um, you know, jurors walk away and say, God, I heard that and it really means something. And the judge says, you can't consider that. You know, whether they dare or not, we you know, um it, it, it's tough It's tough to do. The other interesting thing about this case that I, I want your listeners to know about is that there's two parts to this that the prosecution thinks that they have a case. And one is that the Crumblies, more than anyone else, could have prevented the shooting had they just told the school that morning when they were summoned there, by the way, we just bought him a gun, okay? And they didn't. Now, on the flip side of that, yeah. and this is news to me, the, there's a, a legal theory out there that says the parents have no legal duty to disclose that. It's the same as this. If you're in a subway station and you see someone about to jump in front of a train, if you don't do anything, you can't be criminally charged. So there's no legal duty on the general public to act. And that's that's something that they, that they may struggle to get through, um, you know, but... Uh, you know, a, a, a reasonable juror may say, "You know what? They they should have. Why didn't they just disclose that?" And the defense is going to say, "Because they didn't have
0: to." Or the defense could say, "Hey, why didn't the school search his bag? They could have stopped it." I mean, there's enough. Well, doubt. now
3: we're getting to civil. Ca- this is where this whole. Ca- case sounds like a civil suit you mm-hmm. know are they bad parents they could have charged them with neglect
2: mm-hmm.
3: um you know not even child abuse the feds have yet to step in and charge i mean it is unlawful i mean essentially this was a, a, a straw buy i mean we we you know yeah. ethan crumbly stood up and said my dad bought me this me. gun with yeah. my own money by the way the dad has never disputed buying the gun um but what they do dispute is that we didn't just leave this out we kept it properly stored we had it in a safe. It was locked in the room. Um, the ammunition, everything to make the gun work was locked in different places. Is
0: that true? Um, is, is that a fact or is that what the defense is saying? Uh,
3: that That is, I mean, that, that, is what the, that is what the defense is saying. And I'm not sure if the police have.
0: Have they been able um, to disprove that?
3: No, they haven't been able to disprove that. I mean, if, no, it's, lo- if no. it's
0: locked, I mean, don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about guns and gun locks to know, like. If you can right. tell when they're accessed.
3: Well, the the, the I, I believe the prosecution has come out and said that they initially, when this case started, they said all that you know that it was left, um, it was unsafe and unsecure. Well, that turned out not to be the case. Yeah. Now, now the argument is that well, they gave him easy access to it. The combination to the lock was zero 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 zero. Oh Jesus! Um, you know, um, but uh, <laughs> you know, long story short, the kid found a way to get the gun, and immediately when that school shooting happened, as you remember, the dad you know, said, oh, no, I, I think it's even... He raced home right away. When he yeah. heard that there was a school shooting up there, he went home right away to look for the gun. So they had a hunch it was their kid. They're going to use all this against them. Um, but uh, to show that, yes, you did know your kid was problematic. You you knew he probably should not have had a gun. Um, again, you know, I've had legal experts over and over again say, this is a civil case, not a criminal one. But, um, you know, the prosecutor shooters right we have a series of uh uh, all all these strange facts here that you know that haven't been presented in other cases and they they think they've got it It just
0: it just seems like they could have been charged with a lot of other things and maybe this was an emotional charge I, i i don't know it's it's
3: well i mean at the end of the day the argument is is this were it not for the crumblies four children would be alive today sure you know um they they bought him the gun they knew he was troubled but they'll say they'll say um, if it they wasn't for Ethan. They could have disclosed Ethan. this to the yeah. school. Yeah. You know, all this is going to be litig. You know, uh, they're going to go back and forth to it. I mean, is it a motion or is it is it um, or, or will the law you know uh, allow this to go forward? Now, keep in mind, you've had numerous courts say that they that these charges were um, that there was enough to bring the charges. I mean, they appealed all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme yeah. Court just decided not to hear it and let the lower courts in. Now, here's what will or could happen if they do get convicted, you can you know this is going to get appealed. And maybe on appeal, the Supreme Court will listen to everything that came out in, and at the trial and say, you know what, we've seen it all now. Now we know what's out there. We've heard all mm-hmm. the evidence and um we're gonna have to throw this out. Um, or they're gonna say, you know what, they were they See? were uh they were rightfully uh convicted there is one interesting case that the Supreme Court has ruled on in this and it involves a guy There was a guy who came home drunk. He was drunk, and he goes to his roommate, and he said, I need your keys, let me use your car, and he was hammered, and the roommate knew it, and the roommate gave him his keys. The guy goes out, drives, kills somebody, all right? So they charged the man who gave him the keys, you know, uh, with involuntary manslaughter. Like, you knew he was drunk, you gave him the keys to your car, and he went out and killed somebody. He was convicted. It got appealed all the way up to the uh, the Michigan Supreme Court, and the Michigan Supreme Court vacated it. They said... Mm. That he, you have to um, be a part of it. You have to be a willing part of that act. So I know the defense is really leaning on that case that um, it wasn't enough to justify involuntary manslaughter.
0: So Ethan gets. So that's, that's-
3: we have on the books
0: on this you think it's uh sentenced uh, i think the first week of december pretty quick here and then their trials are what end of january they start
3: january january so, 23rd but they're going to be separate now i have a feeling like new dates are going to get set we haven't seen any yet it, but, but i'm, like, I, I'm I guessing keep, one of them is going to go and, and on january 23rd if it's the wife or the husband who goes first i don't know
0: and all of it, but like you said i keep going back to it too the the families have to keep going through this too right i mean because right, right and
3: it's just uh, I don't know. I, I, that was some, do some you know- of the most horrific stuff I sat through and listened to. Um, at, it, w- it was called the Miller hearing, and that was a hearing yeah, to determine to if the kid was them. eligible for uh, life without parole. And to watch, you know, the assistant principal get up there and talk about what she did that day. And, you know, yeah. she encountered him in the middle of the shooting. Was, she amazing. went toward the bullets yeah. and, and she went up to him and said, Ethan, Ethan, what are you doing? You know, do you need help? You, and he just looked at her and kept walking. And then this assistant principal falls down and is trying to save a child who's on the floor dying. And the child did die. I, I won't even get into the horrific details, but it, it was, I, I,
0: I can't I, imagine how sh- I, how that assistant principal is doing today. I mean,
3: I, I, I don't either, or the parents, yeah. to, you know, I mean, I just sat there and I kept looking at the parents and I don't. Uh, I, I don't know how you can hold any of them back in, in court. I mean, it's so emotional. I mean, we're parents. I can't imagine looking a kid in the face who, who, no. who murdered my child. But I mean, but, and, but and but being, that's, so that, home.
0: that's that trial. Do we know what the parents feel about the crumbly parents getting charged? I mean, obviously they probably want them to burn in hell. Um, or would they rather this just goes away and they get, I, I don't know, would they rather have a quick, I'm sure they would rather have a quick uh, conclusion to this. Have they made no, comment on this trial? No, they, they,
3: they're, they're, they want everyone who played a role in this to pay.
0: Yeah, I mean, whenever naturally. we talk
3: to any of them, um, they want, I mean, they're angry at the school. I mean, you know, these civil yeah. suits are out there. So when we talk about the parents, they get angry about the parents. But they get angry about the school too. Like, you know, they're looking at all the missteps, every single person who messed up along yeah. the way that that could have prevented this. And I'll tell you what I found the most, uh, many interesting things, but um. There was a Spanish teacher. Um, she was the first one to raise red flags about Ethan Crumbly. She is the only one who has not been sued. And um, and in reading uh, text messages between other teachers and college and people, they they thought she was a hypochondriac. They thought that she was wow. you know. And 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 I just look at that and you know I um I, I have a daughter who's in social work and she worked at a school. And, and there was a kid who came to school one day and made a threat and, 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 and nobody wanted to talk to him. And and my daughter said, absolutely not. We have to pull him aside. And, and they told her, we think you're being a little, um, a bit of a hypochondriac. She, and then she told them my mom covered, you know, the Oxford school shooting. And that's what they said about the Spanish teacher. And, and you know what, we can never be too safe with this stuff.
0: You're right. You're right. I mean, we're at that point now where you don't, you don't say that you don't take risks. You, you err on the side of safety.
3: Right. I mean, what's right. the harm
0: in pulling somebody aside and talking to them?
3: No, I know. And wow. again, this—I mean, that—that that did happen. Um, you know, there are other teachers. You know, the ones who 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 did report them to the office, who did their job, and said, "Thank God." You know, like they they felt good about knowing what that. You know, they did raise red flags, but then you know, I I think as you talked about earlier, what really comes out in Oxford is this was or is a gun community. People hunt, yeah, people have it. guns for hobbies. So when you have a kid looking for bullets, it's not that big a deal um, to them. I'm not saying yeah. it isn't a big deal. I'm saying to them, it was, um, well, hindsight you know, but he did a lot. Yeah. I mean, he was playing videos in class of shooters mowing people down. Oh, he yes. was, uh, yeah. I mean, he brought bullets to class and set them there. And and, and for anybody, I think his own lawyer made the best argument I've seen so far, or the most interesting one, I shouldn't say best, yeah. that's getting my opinion, but she did note something when they said whether or not did he ask for help or didn't he? She said he absolutely did. on that morning, he wrote on his paper, help, help me. me,
0: yeah,
3: help me. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer than that. And he has since said, now whether he's telling the truth or not, we don't know, but he has since said that he was hoping he'd get caught that morning, that someone would stop him.
0: I don't know if I believe that, but.
3: I know. I'm just telling you. No, that, I know. That My opinion is I
0: don't stuff. believe him, and I hope he burns in hell when he finally dies. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I, I have no sympathy I for him. I know.
3: It's, Even though it's he had tough. two
0: terrible parents, I have honestly no sympathy for them, but the legal argument is pretty hard.
3: Yeah.
1: Right, right, ML. Well, what I'm wondering yeah. is, what are the odds that that legal argument is going to be made by a lawyer who's also brought into court wearing a jumpsuit? I mean, how likely is it? For uh, this attorney to be locked up,
3: you're held in contempt when you violate a court order. I mean that that happens. You know how now. Um, Shannon has a clean record. I, I don't believe she's been reported to the attorney grievance commission before. She's um, she she doesn't. You know there are no. She has no history of uh, of misbehavior or of violating any code of ethics, or, you know, I mean, she's ne- she's never been held in contempt before. I mean, we'll, what will happen? I don't know. But there's also, there is a group of defense attorneys who defend just these cases. cases. Um, I don't know if she'll use them or not, but <laughs> I know that resource is out there. And and, um, but
1: it, if she is locked away, it's 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 not like she's going to be sentenced to something, right? She's not going to have her own criminal charges where she's going to have to select a jury and defend her. Yeah, it's it's not a criminal. Yeah, it's ninety days.
3: She'd do it's 90, 90
1: days. So would that put the case on hold for ninety days, or would she just come to court from jail uh, like her no.
3: clients? No, no. The trial's going to happen first. That's what I thought was I interesting. See. The judge said, "We're going to. I'm not going to make any decision on this. I want you to report to me in May and explain okay. to me why you shouldn't be held in contempt." <clears throat> well, the trial's set for January, so um, th- this judge wants to get this over with.
1: Okay. Well, it's uh, it, getting the legal matter over with is uh, something that they can do by going through the the trial or resolving the case. But getting the whole thing over with, people in Oxford are going to be dealing with. Till the end of their days. And uh, the Free Press will be covering every development, usually uh, breaking news under the byline of Teresa Baldus, who's our, our guest and who, uh, when I get home today and don't feel well, I'm sure is going to have some hot soup and maybe uh, a nice blankie <laughs> for me. Um sure. Rub my feet and uh, yeah, no, you know what she's gonna say, don't cough on me (laughs) and quarantine. Yeah,
3: (laughs) go through the back door, go upstairs, put your mask on, and stay away from me. Leave me alone.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's you know, that's you know, when you love somebody, you'll do anything for them, I guess. Now we're learning something about this. Do you you do that when she's sick?
0: What's that? Do you do that when she's sick? Well, let me ask her, what's that?
3: Um. He always asks me, can I, what can I get you? Okay. He does always ask me, what can I get you? How can I help you? And it's usually, you know, when you're sick, it's just like nothing, you know, yeah. go away. But uh, he does. He asks,
1: okay. what can or, I get or you? Or she says a cabana boy. But uh you know, it's just it's nice to be asked, I guess. That's that's the point. Yes. So I mean uh, he
3: can't go to Scotland and get Jamie Frazier from Outlander for me. So
1: <laughs> we'll ask Other him next time that. next time he asks, I, you know, get, make him do something. Next time he yeah. asks,
3: What can I get for yeah. you? That'll that'll be the request. Jamie <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's Outlander uh, Tuesdays on FX. You can watch that. The new season starts soon. Uh, if you really are excited about seeing people raped in the 1700s, may I highly Jesus. recommend Outlander? Right. No, everybody no, gets raped in that show. I know my wife there, watches. There, it.
3: It's it's. I mean, I've got friends who won't watch it because it's it ha- it's there are so many rape scenes and it's really troubling. But you know what? It happened. Um, this uh, that's an un, it's, it's a it's a it's an ugly fact about yeah. uh, what well, was the dragons. Yeah. They did
1: a lot of that stuff. Or is that the other no, show? The
3: dragons are, are it's the one show? with the dragons iron throne. Are, uh, okay. Game of Thrones.
1: okay. Oh My God. I right. when you're wondering how, whether you've kept a guest too long, a, when a little more clueless lander, then you know it. Hey man, I just caught up on the Americans dude. So yeah. I'm way behind
0: <laughs> only, only a decade late. I am way behind.
1: I'm
3: going, I've got to go back to my job. Bye. Right. Okay. Thank
1: you. Chisa Baldus. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, um, if I could get some of those little crackers with the soup, that would be fantastic. No. Um,
3: They're on the way, right? Oh, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so is the check. We got Al here, our intern Al, who is a high school student and has been going to high school probably since right about the time that this Oxford thing happened. And I want to, I want to know, Al, what it's like to be a high schooler these days. I mean, do you do you go to school worried that something crazy is going to happen are your parents hovering all over the place talking about you know get under a desk go through a window or is it just like high school's always been you're worried about homework buddies meeting somebody to take to the dance and uh... the way it's supposed to be yeah and all the other stuff pimples all that shit
4: um... well the first day i like the oxford shoot happened uh... when we came back it was just full-on lockdown from all the teachers. They kept on telling us all the same information. We They made sure we knew about the lockdown procedures, and they made sure that we knew how to keep ourselves safe in the shootings. A lot of new safety measures have been installed in the high school, which is nice. Uh, we have, like, these police buttons that you can press, and it calls the police. And we also have these door stops that cannot be opened from the outside unless uh, they, you have, like, a special tool that the police have. Um, but... Uh the first week kids they just like I think it was two hundred threats the school got oh from God. a bunch of annoying you know stupid kids that just thought it'd be funny to toy with the school after a horrible tragedy happened uh, <coughs> It's still very scary to go to school nowadays really? um, uh, has not
0: dissipated in the in two years
4: uh it's a little better, but still you hear stuff like this and it reinstates that fear uh just. Maybe a month ago at Macomb, there was a shooting that happened right near, like, a block away, and it was full lockdown, and all my friends were texting. Is everybody okay? Are we all good? It was very scary for everybody, and I just I, I just want this it's, all to stop. Yeah, everybody I, does. That's what school's
0: supposed life. to be like, man.
1: Have you had to do the training yeah. where they come in and tell you what to do if there's the active shooter training?
4: Yeah, uh, what do you mean by that? Like the lockdown drills where yeah. like, you got to get... Yes, yeah. They, yeah, where they, or they
1: say, everywhere. what is it, uh, uh, run, fight, hide? or e- I, can't, I can't remember what order it is, but I can't believe we have to remember. We had stop, drop, and roll, which is yeah. just basically when the Reds nuke us, if you haven't melted, just try and do a somersault. I don't think that would have worked, but I'm glad we didn't have to test it.
4: It's hide, run, fight now, yeah. Okay. Uh, they make sure to really knock that in our heads, so we're ready in case it does happen because it does happen and it's scary um i mean i've seen the training
1: i've seen the video and i've said it before on this year i was in tears at the end of it because i i can't imagine how traumatizing it is just to go through the training to be a little kid and to think or or a fine young man such as yourself to think i'm going to high school and i have to worry about what to do if somebody comes to try and murder me here i mean now i was a smart ass so i had to worry about what to do if somebody found me and tried to pound lumps on me that's bad enough but you you tend to recover from a beating something like this yeah my 9-year-old had to do the training and she doesn't understand i mean this
0: is before she was 9 i think she was 7 when she did it and it's like
1: so so you've been through covid you've been through <laughs> yeah. remote learning yeah now you've got to hide uh f- Fight, run, yeah. or was it hide, run, hide, run, fight, you're supposed hide, to run, hide fight, hide first, okay.
4: then run, and then if it comes down to it, you got to beat their ass.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, is this something that's constantly on your mind, or is it just when there's something in news you're like, oh shit, yeah, it's, it looks like it's still happening.
4: Yeah, well, when it first happened, it was constantly on my mind for weeks, sure. and I'm a very paranoid person, so that's maybe <laughs> oh, just man. me. Uh, but you know, every single time we have a lockdown drill, or every single time something like this happens, it does pop back up in mine, and I'm guessing a lot of other kids' minds about uh, you just can't be safe at school anymore. School, where kids learn, where our futures are headed, it's just you can't be safe, and it's horrible.
1: Well, one of my students in my uh, advanced reporting class at Michigan State is writing her semester-long investigation on what schools are doing to make themselves safer. And the other thing that people don't really think about is that all this hardening schools and all that other stuff, it's really expensive and there's a lot of money that could be spent on activities and educating kids. It's being spent to protect kids and staff because you know, the teachers are at risk as well. And, I mean, I, I, dude, I'm, I'm serious. When, when I was going to high school, my biggest concerns were math, which I never quite figured out, uh, meeting a cool chick, um, sports, work after school, and the dance, and of course, you know, not getting thumped for being a jackass. I, I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. This is none of those things was going to be my last day. You know, my biggest fear was never that I was not going to go home.
4: It's kind of, you guys said you have like the red scare, right? Like it was kind of, it popped in.
1: I didn't, you know, I'm not that old.
4: You're not, well. Well, you had, the,
1: you had the crimson and gray scare for or scarlet and gray scare yeah, for a right. while, but that's over now.
4: Yeah, like you're going to get nuked. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's the same thing, but like same mentality of, well, it actually happens. I think it's way worse now because it Yeah, happens. it actually yeah. happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I, I didn't have to worry about uh, fighting the reds coming through uh, campus and yeah, when no it, red
4: dawn. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah, I
1: guess I'd have to yell Wolverines, which would be tough. But oh my god! <sighs> well, Al, I I don't know how you do it. I God bless you guys for everything you've been through. You seem to be a pretty well balanced dude, and uh, somehow pulling together. Just maybe. remember, even though it happens,
0: it is incredibly rare. It is, yeah, yeah. Which is why you always hear, "I never thought it would happen here." Yeah, right? you always hear it because you just it just the odds are still very low, but it happened. It happened here.
1: Uh, I I just hope that that we don't become numb to it, but that for those of you sure. who it's, mm-hmm. it's something that you have to deal with, that it it helps make you stronger. Um, although this is really not the way that you want to improve characters by yeah. being faced with the potential annihilation when you're in the middle of homeroom. But, uh, and, and locked from the inside, I, I love that idea, but what if the, what if the screw head is in your class and he locks the door? I mean, what do you do then? It, it just seems like every solution. Well, hopefully
0: you'd see them preparing another. before then and you stop them.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. are in the room. Yeah. So you're going to run at a guy who's firing at you? I mean, no,
0: I just mean when, when most of these unfortunately happen, they are, you know, they stage somewhere. Else, either outside or in a bathroom. bathroom. Yeah, Uh yeah, not in a homeroom.
1: Well, I think I think the solution that solves all—they do it
0: where you people don't see them, right? But But I I, see it
1: happening. Yeah, I think the solution to all of this, because every one of these solutions leaves a a gap, is keep the weapons out of the school. You know, of course. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if some guy was just squared up with the classroom and said, you know, whoever steps forward, I'm going to kick their ass, they'd get dog piled. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody pulls out a knife or a gun, you're like. I'm not going to be the first one in, uh, so who's going to start this? And then by then, it's it's all over but the crying. So I don't know, man. Uh, Good luck, and if you've got any suggestions, please uh, please share them because more often than not, the solutions aren't coming from the old heads; it's coming from the be more aware of of your
0: surroundings and the people around you and what they're going through. Everyone's so focused on their fucking phone.
1: Yeah, although then, serious. then I the flip me. side is, you know, there's there's weird Charlie over there. we got to call the cops on him, and all of a sudden, Charlie's labeled as whatever, and he's just kind of a goofball. I mean, it. you know, you, you want to identify the potential well, threats. Don't label
0: early. him as a goofball. Then. Well,
1: I mean, but once you start saying, like, oh, I thought so-and-so was saying some weird shit in that's class, and you, he gets pulled out. That's now why that, you err on the side of safety, though. Yeah, well, I, I think... Uh, be more empathetic. I think it's, uh, it's going to be tough either way, but... Um, but things. And I was gonna say, there's no way to solve it. I was gonna say they're getting better, but I don't feel that. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're. Well, a long that's way fun. from better. But uh,
0: on that note,
1: yeah.
4: Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. <laughs>
1: I do that? What
4: a dork! Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys?
1: Well, usually we have to count on Sean to bring the show down, but I think I just... <laughs> well, the just, topic
0: isn't the great... I mean, it's I've, it's a fascinating topic. It's well, and, never going to go
1: away. But, and, and the Crumbly case with the parents, there, I mean, yeah. there was a case in Highland Park, Illinois, where the dad just pleaded guilty to a crime for getting his son a gun, but the son was an adult, and the son was on lists where he couldn't get a gun. Yep. So in this case... That the, was the parade shooting? Yes. Yeah. The dad basically circumvented... The uh, the yeah. system to help his son get a gun, so that seems like a yeah. more clear cut case than the crumbly parents. But, um, but fuck them too. Yeah. Well, the, you know the thing is, if this case goes to nothing, they still will have done a considerable amount of time. So that's a, a whole other sure. yeah. Right. Wrinkle in How long have they been case? locked
0: up? They've been locked up for damn near two years because it was two years ago. Yeah. 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 No, they
1: they've been behind bars for quite a Hard long to find time. Hard
0: sympathy. Yeah. Anyway, Geek
1: of the Week. Yeah. Well, before we get to Geek of the Week, you know, let's... (laughs) Well, I was trying to keep them separate from... Well, the the, the one thing, so we're talking about, you know, threats to your future. Well, there there is a very real threat that we all face, not annihilation, but running out of money by the time you retire and not having a plan. If you're looking for somebody who can help you make that plan, Luke Nowacki and Pinnacle Wealth Strategies can at least take that one burden off of your mind. That's right. So give Luke a call. Find out uh, if you're on target
0: to meet your goals. Get a free consultation. Luke Nowacki can be reached at 248-663-4748. That's 248-663-4748 for Luke Nowacki. He is the finance guy you want to talk to. Once again, to make sure you're on target to
1: meet your goals. And when you call Luke, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment
4: advisory services offered through Bonaic WEALTH. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C Bonaic WEALTH. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent Bonaic WEALTH,
1: Think All right, Geek of the Week. Yes, sir. So I was, so this is too serious to be a Geek of the Week. I, 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 uh, so I'm, I'm going to just throw this out here because it's such an outrageous situation. I think we need to talk about it. But there was a guy named. There is a guy named Craig Sumner Elliott. He's 68, and he was jogging with his two dogs and pushing a cart on September 20th when he came across a 40-year-old homeless man sleeping in the middle of the sidewalk. So what did he do? Did he say "Stir, please step aside"? Uh, excuse me while I step over you. Did he say "Make way"? Did he say "On your left, on your right"? Whatever. No. He shot him. What? And not only did he shoot him, he filmed it on his phone. What? Yes. What happened was he's jogging. He finds this guy asleep. Um, he, tried, he tried to wake this guy and said, you know, hey, uh, you know, move out of the way, move out of the way. The guy starts yelling at him. So then he pulls out a gun. And after a shoe gets thrown at him, he ducks and shoots him three times. The guy died. When did he start filming? Um, I think it was uh, doesn't doesn't exactly say here, but certainly before he started shooting at him. And so he is um, he is a he did have a, a, a licensed uh, active concealed carry permit, so he was he was cool to carry, but uh, certainly he was not in danger. And it yeah, seems shoot. like an extreme response when uh, when a homeless guy who really was asleep and you could have gone around, um, you know, that's, that's, that's some, that's some pretty heavy stuff. So I'm going to call that uh, uh, flaming dick of the week. And that's still not giving it enough, uh, enough gravitas. But our geek of the week is, this is kind of a familiar story. It's a company that loses a legal judgment <laughs> and they are ordered to make a payment. And the payment is 23,000, $500. So what do they do? They go to the bank and they oh, get no. a bunch of coins. <laughs> and then they get the coins, they're you know they're stacked up in these nice little boxes and all that other stuff. So that's you know that's fairly reasonable. But then they dump them out of the boxes and they put them in these heavy ass containers and then they go to deliver These uh, 6,500 pounds worth of pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters to the company that had won the lawsuit against them. Well, when they get there, the uh, company says, this is too heavy to go up on our freight elevator, so we can't accept it, so they send it back. So this company, and their name is, uh, they're a Colorado welding company, JMF Enterprises, They're brought back to court and the judge says, hey, listen, pal, this is clearly in bad faith. So we want you to take all these coins, which presumably they're then going to have to put back into sleeves and whatever and take back. Coinstar. Oh, boy, that machine (laughs) would be cranking. Plus, you play some juice on Coinstar. So that would cost them more money. And you're going to have to give them their payment in either a check or a money order or some more reasonable financial instrument. At least singles,
0: right? At least dollars.
1: Yeah, dollars. That's still I mean, kind of no. Heavy, it's still ridiculous, but-, but but so yes, they they have to make payment by check, cashiers check, or some other way. As long as Fired Up, which is the company who won the lawsuit, as long as they're cool with it. So JMF Enterprises for being jackasses, you are our Geek of the Week. <laughs>
4: night And you can dance together all night if You've got the time
1: So Sean is not here to play us uh, his favorite selection from Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. So I'm taking. He will never do it. uh, He's uh, he's threatened. He's threatened to care, but so far that is an empty threat. So I'm taking the reins back, and because I just finished watching The Americans, the superlative series on FX about Russians who have been implanted in the U.S. to act as Americans to be spies and try and turn the balance of the Cold War. It reminded me of one of my favorite New Wave <laughs> artists and one of the biggest New Wave hits of the 1980s. Of course, that's Kim Wilde's Kids in America. And so here's Kim Wilde with a hit that wasn't that big in America but did really well everywhere else.
2: Looking out a dirty old window Down below the cars in the city go rushing by 10
1: Sean joins us now because (laughs) nothing would uh, would hurt him more than to miss an opportunity to 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 piss off. I'm I'm laughing too because now his camera's up. Sean's upside. Sean, um, (laughs) (laughs) I hope this is not an impertinent question, but uh, who's having sex in your car today?
0: This is microphone.
5: Oh, there he is. No, no, and no one. I turned it upside down so you could hear me a little bit better. If I. If I ride it at the, the normal way, the mic would have been blocked, and I didn't think that would be good for the show because that's really all I care about is <laughs> exactly. the show. You, yeah. you, you, you kind
1: of remind me of Lloyd Bridges in Airplane <laughs> when, when he says, I guess I picked the You're wrong day to stop good. sniffing airplane glue, <laughs> seeing you upside down like that. But
5: Yeah, as far as far as, uh, as, far as uh, intercourse in the show, uh, in the car, maybe it goes on in the show when I'm out there, I don't know, but in the car, <laughs> no
1: okay good well uh
0: unlike the last soup kitchen you drove around in California. yeah
1: yeah that's uh i think that's being optioned actually by fx uh sean's car it's a. it's a reality show based on uh on what happens in the back of rental cars outside of um outside of french dip restaurants
5: by the way uh that that was uh apropos right coming in was that the go-go's i heard
1: That was Kim Wilde, a also super successful female vocalist from the 1980s. The Kids in America, because I just finished watching the FX series, The Americans.
0: Which only ended five and a half years ago, I think.
1: I'm catching up. I'm well, the up.
5: music, the music ended, you know, 35 years ago. So there you go. So that, that's, that's appropriate.
1: <laughs> now, that's not exactly true because Kim Wilde has inspired so many people. Not only have they covered kids in America, but there are multiple bands over the last 40 years who have recorded songs called Kim Wilde that are tributes to Kim Wilde. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's uh she's become this iconic um, uh, 80s uh song Stress. Now, she didn't really write much of her own music until she'd kind of faded from from the spotlight. Uh, her her dad, who Marty Wilde was somewhat of a of a a star in the fifties and sixties in England, being one of the first guys to start doing American pop for an English audience, co wrote it with her little brother Ricky Wilde. Oh, really? So she doesn't even get any of the money for all the covers and. Uh, well, I would think her parents, it's all in the family, right? Uh, they they get know. the publishing. But her, the, uh, the producer who discovered her was actually listening to something that her brother Ricky Wilde was doing and heard her in the background and said, hey, I think she's pretty good. Hmm. So let's hear her. Ricky runs home, writes Kids in America with his old man. They come back. They record it. And the producer, whose name was Mickey Most... Uh, signed her. Now, there's a Detroit connection to Mickey Most because he also produced, Sean, you know who I'm talking about, Susie Quattro, the great Detroit Uh, singer who uh, later played Sean.
5: Any relation to Johnny Most, you know, the longtime Celtics uh,
1: broadcaster? No, no, oh, although... Zero,
5: what are you
1: talking about? There's no by the way, Mark, I'm either. sorry I'm
5: not there to, to shrink this portion of the show and uh, all this lovely background.
1: <laughs> yeah, by you'll saying to, that, you've just shrunk it. You've actually expanded. But Mickey most produced Susie Quattro, who most people know as Leather <laughs> Tuscadero... Fonzie's girlfriend from Happy uh, Days. That's right. I yeah. thought it
5: was pinky, pinky Tuscadero, no? Was it leather?
1: Oh, no. It was pinky, pinky Tuscadero, yeah. but I think she had an evil sister, leather Tuscadero. I think there was... Oh, my God. Now you you're know, too far into the weeds. Like with the soap operas, you know? It's like, oh, it's his cousin, no, but it's really... No, he's got no, a mustache, no, so he must be this bad. Is,
5: this is all fascinating, and I don't want you to rehash the show, but what, what, what did I miss? Did you guys have a guest? We did. We
0: had uh, one of our best guests. We had Teresa Thanks Ball. Thanks for checking
1: us. the prep.
5: Oh, you didn't really send the prep because you were you were not feeling well and you had to get to the pharmacy. And I hope, by the way, you're feeling better.
1: I was until you suggested that I had somehow been derelict in my duties too. No, you weren't derelict. Like you were feeling well. It's and, okay.
0: And we did cover that fantastic day on Saturday, which um, was made even better by the fact that I got to see Sean at a tailgate uh, before the Michigan-Ohio State game.
5: And I did ask where Mike was, right, Mark? I said, where's Mike? I don't see him around here. And I told
0: you what I said. I said he's probably still at Ford Field from last night.
5: Yeah, oh. you're right. He, he pitched a tent in the parking lot, didn't he? <laughs>
0: That's right, yeah. <laughs> at least they probably didn't pitch it in the it, back of your car. That. And
5: he stayed there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> somewhere near that church, Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, so you're covering well, the Well, uh, p- I'm up here in East Lansing, and they just hired a new football coach, and so maybe you won't have to endure any more 49-0 is like you saw. I think it was 49 to nothing, right, Friday night at Ford Field. No,
1: it's, it was only 42. Two okay, 90, was it forty-two? Okay, already well, showing improvement.
5: Yeah, no, no, that that's great. Mark, did you recover by the way from Saturday? Because that was that was about as good as it gets. Yeah,
0: you missed the whole story about how I hurt my knee and I have to wear a knee brace now for a few more days. That's a whole thing. But uh, but well, yeah, no, I'm I, I'm I'm still uh, watching and reading everything I can about the game. Multi, you know, many days later, and I will be in Indianapolis, so that'll be fun.
5: Oh really? Okay, well, I'll see you there. I actually had a friend, uh, and I wrote about this, a friend I've seen From once Texas. in 40 years, a high school friend who randomly loves Michigan. Uh, Mike, I'm sure, can relate to that. He's a <laughs> Texan, no connection to the school, saw the winged helmet in the early 80s and has loved him ever since. And he, he came up to the game and uh, just said it was the best adult sporting experience of his life. He He could not believe it. What, scene, what, did, what did you make the
0: of the? To, you've been to multiple games um, for, for all sports. Every what did you make of the environment and how it how it uh, how did it match up with other places you've been?
5: It was great. I mean, it was it was loud, and I was trying to explain to my my friend Troy, whose experience with college football is in Texas mm-hmm. or just in the South in general, where that's generally a little throatier, a little more uh, festive. I would say, right, especially in places like LSU and Alabama, even Florida and Georgia. But it was loud, Mark. I, I don't know that I've – it's a little bit hard for me to tell because you're behind the glass. But, sure. But uh, it. I don't know that I've heard it quite that loud. It it, it contained the noise in a way. Who knows? The it
0: only was, uh, the only thing – the only other game, I think it was the loudest, uh, especially during the interception, the very end that, that clinched it. Like that's probably the loudest I've ever heard that place. The only thing that might come close is Denard's throw against Roundtree, the first night game. After he yeah. caught that in the end yeah. zone, because that was loud as shit. But that might be just me remembering it differently, because it was the first night game, and you know. But that was early in the it, year, Ohio State, Michigan. Maybe far maybe
5: people are a little bit uh, less inhibited in, right at night. I mean, that's yeah. always the stereotype. Yeah. The knock against Michigan and the fans. I'm sure Mark, Mike would uh, would jump in on that, right? Just, and I tried to explain to my my Texan friend that. It's just the the Michigan and the whole idea of the khakis and they sit on their hands. But he yeah. he told me he stood almost the entire four hours or three and a half hours.
1: Yeah, that was, and that was uh, his rowdy of which a crowd. because the seats yeah. are so tight. <laughs> well, they're when it's cold too. That aluminum
5: gets on your butt, and I'm
0: sure that doesn't. So you don't want to sit down, yeah.
1: By the way, I don't want to bring the show down, but oh, we could, could we have a moment of silence for Richard Roundtree Shaft who died last month? I know that's not the Roundtree you were referring yeah. to, Mark, but uh, but Richard Roundtree was outstanding.
0: Hey, and covering a, a new coach, you know, everyone's always excited, right? Because it's um, you know it's a little bright spot and usually a bad year. Again. You get nothing for
1: Shaft. That's it. No silence. No.
0: I mean, that was so long. No. Ago. No.
1: But just talking just about here, Shaft.
0: Yeah. But you know, shut your Uh, mouth. Rest
5: in peace, Mister Roundtree. You
0: know they never a coach is never hired because um, they don't like him, right? I mean, you always like somebody. You always like something you purchase. You like somebody that you buy. But do you ever remember any press conference where people walked away and were like, "I don't know about this guy"? Because I can think of I can think of one in particular.
5: Oh, you know, Mel Tucker's press conference a few years ago was it was interesting he didn't he didn't have much to say he kind of said the same two or three words over and over and over and I, I was a little curious about that about how that was going to go and then obviously he beat it a couple of times out of the shoot and found Kenneth Walker but so you never know what what's yours well, i think you the get, rod marinelli
0: was the one where after rod was hired everyone's like oh boy this is this is who they hired this seems really you,
1: you don't think they felt that way after morning Weg? Uh
0: no, I think people were pumped up about Morning Wig with really? his background. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, he he
0: had the
5: whole innovative. You know, he came yeah, with the, the uh, create, with the creative label. Right. And it's gonna be interesting to see what Jonathan Jonathan Smith. I I talked to Alan Haller, the athletic director up here uh, at Michigan State for a bit, and and he was pretty candid. He said, "Hey, the the board more or less left me alone. I think that was important." He said they did a lot more research this time. They had more
1: time they were, for one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tucker and was they, a panic they, hire.
5: They, they were they were getting worried late in the process as more jobs started to become open that they were going to lose him. He said it was really getting stressful the last couple of weeks because he'd, be kinda, he'd become a kind of a candidate that other programs were, were interested in. But I just, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that makes a difference. You know, he, he also said, Hey, I, uh, th- th- this, this is my last football hire. He's either going to succeed and that'll be that, or he's not. And I'll be gone. So, oh, wow. you know, he, he, yeah, no, he he was refreshingly candid about about all of it and how the, the politics of the place kind of stayed out of the way and let them do their research. And,
1: Sean, and, did, uh, we'll did you get a got. chance to ask a question in the press conference? Pardon me? Did you get a chance to ask a question in the press conference? No, no, I,
5: I talked to him. Uh, I talked to the the, the, the interested parties after wow. in the split-ups where it's did, a little did more, more conversation.
1: Did you ask me if there's a new wave hit that he'd like to introduce people to or if one of his favorite bands has a really good song that no one's aware of? No, of course.
5: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I didn't quite think of that. I wished I would
1: have though. You know? Me right? too. I mean, this is Rule yeah. 7609, which is all about No, we're done with that. We've the, oh, moved on. Done? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Well you can always send your new your new wave suggestions <laughs> to MLSolved at gmail.com or whatever you like from Robert Bradley's uh, Blackwater Surprise.
5: I'm sorry I missed Teresa. I always love her appearances. I'm not not so sorry I missed the Geek of the Week, but uh, you, you know that's just how it goes.
1: Well, you you live with a lot of regret, and that's okay. We've we come to accept that and love you anyways. Um, what was your impression of the new coach? You, so you said you got a little one on one time with him?
5: No, with the with oh. the AD and uh, I talked to Antonio first a, a quick second. Izzo oh, was if- there, and he he Izzo talked about just the relief everyone feels. You know, Mark, you were talking about a new coach. What did Antonio and-
1: say before you get to that?
5: <laughs> that he did a lot of homework himself, you know, because he's got a lot he he's been in the coaching for I mean, spent his adult life doing that. So he uh he talked about get talking to all the folks that had worked with him, some of the former players and that, that so he actually he helped with the research too. Uh D'Antonio even talked to some media members out there because it's interesting you you don't think of media members necessarily is Having that kind of relationship, sometimes to coaches, but but you can have a certain perspective, and it, I thought that was interesting that they actually wanted to talk to some folks that had covered Jonathan Smith out at Oregon State and get their perspective too. I but never thought of D'Antonio as
1: someone I, who had much regard for the media, so that's very interesting. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I I thought that was interesting. Howler actually told me that part about the media. D'Antonio didn't, but but uh, no, he 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 likes him. He he likes the way uh, he thinks about the game and. You know, he sounded similar to Antonio in the way they want to line up and the physicality, and but the the main thing really is that Jonathan uh, Smith talked about the resources here and feels yeah. like they're nice, good resources here. But he really focused on the development, and that's sort of a nod to Antonio. That's how D'Antonio Antonio won, right? That's how you have to win it. That's how you won at Oregon State a little bit. The last couple of years, that's how you have to win at Michigan State. You're not going to. Izzo said the same thing after. He's like, look. You know, I get a five-star guy every once in a while, but I'm not going to go fill up my recruiting coffers that, that way every year, and neither is Jonathan Smith. It's, that's, so it's silly. That,
0: that's so silly. That's how you win everywhere. Like, I mean, look at Ohio State and Michigan again, because I'm just going to always go back to that. Ohio State is loaded with talent. They get five stars all the time. You still have to coach them. You still have to teach them how to block and tackle and learn the plays.
5: You know for sure, and that was that's one of the more, I know what Antonio was written about and talked about, but when you think back about that run he had and that record he had and the fact that he was finding NFL-level guys, two- and three-star guys, and, and developing, and, and that's what this guy's going to have to do, and, and that's what he did at Oregon State, and that's what they're hoping they can get back to. Tucker came in, Mel Tucker came in and went to the portal mm-hmm. and had an idea he'd come from, he'd been at Alabama and Georgia on their staffs, and he had an idea he was going to be able to go compete on the recruiting trail with Michigan and Ohio State especially Ohio State and it's just that's not realistic up here so this guy's going to take a different approach we'll see if he can
1: well he's also a guy who came up the way a lot of those great uh, D'Antonio players did where he it's I a mean walk on right yeah i mean D'Antonio yeah, didn't yeah. have a lot of walk-ons that turned into to stars but he was someone who whose talent wasn't uh, recognized and wasn't maybe fully developed but by the time he left he was a gunslinger for Oregon State, so I think he he has some appreciation for the kind of guys you need to look for, and maybe can see in them what uh, what he has in himself. Because Big Ten's only getting more competitive, the yeah. teams you're recruiting against yeah, are going to be teams. that much
0: more glamorous. So, uh, what's so. his deal? Do you know what the, what he's getting paid?
5: uh seven years 7.25 something like that that's a big
1: savings for us oh, wow that's And how much the savings. players get <laughs> yeah right
5: no they the howler said it was somewhere it was about in the middle of the big 10 the, the, the contracts of the big 10 were anywhere from five to 10 years and so it's kind of in line with you know it's not hardball money it's not mel tucker money but uh probably ryan day money but but it's it, That's just what isn't that amazing that we're it's, talking about seven million dollars a year and that's not the top. Is is
1: right there now. a big buyout with that too? I don't know what
5: I don't know what they're going to release the, the all the figures later. I'm not sure what the what the buyout is. They added the Howler said that he wanted six years, but in the last couple of weeks, as more job openings uh, became available, they got a little nervous and so they added a another year to sweeten it.
1: And did did they say whether uh, Ishbia and Saint Andre are going to pay any portion of that seven yeah, point right. whatever?
5: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Now that he owns the Phoenix Suns,
1: and are the Spartan uh, Dogs for Life going to uh, kick some money in? Because I know there's been a lot of concern about the uh, the NIL.
5: Well, he was hoping the podcast could uh, help with the sour, too. You know,
1: <laughs> well, Al's here to help us. We'll see how the Patreon goes. If we can, if we can start bringing some extra juice, maybe we can spread some around, but.
5: Well, we our numbers apparently are going up, what you're saying. I, I attribute that to that your, just your overall uh, sexy appeal. You know what I mean? It just gets deeper by the week. It's all ebullience. It's all ebullience, Sean. You should know that. It's a ebullience, yeah. Well, you got the little cold in your voice today. That makes you sound even more alluring, if Sean, I may say so.
0: Sean, why didn't you have a better seat at the press conference? Were you second row from the back? I'm looking at a picture of all the media there, and it
5: looks... Oh, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was. I sat Why don't you there sit closer? The sun, the sun was coming in through the glass of that, <laughs> that Gilbert it pavilion. Is, yeah, you're right. And you couldn't, couldn't really see, so I sat back there to avoid the glare, actually, because I had my... <laughs> I had my laptop out. I was trying to take some notes. Oh, perfectly, Sean.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. That is the, that
5: is the reason to sit back
0: there. Let all the other idiots sit in the sun.
1: Could it be a, a, a situation where some of the photographers asked you to sit back there to avoid some glare that you may be casting?
5: <laughs> no, I was I was back there with uh, I was back there with Jeff Seidel, our colleague. Uh, Chris Solari was there with, with me. See him, yeah. Uh, Reiner Sabin was uh, right there with me. John Neal from the Detroit News. So we were all kind of clustered right there. That's just that's where you sit.
1: <laughs> wow. You know, they don't let the president and the vice president travel on the same plane, but you guys are all clustered together. What does that say about your value to the country?
5: Well, so, there's lots of other re- re- reporting groups, reporters groups scattered throughout in there. You know, Fred Human had his own section over there with George Blah
1: and those guys. As, as long as Graham Couch survives, I know the Republic will be all right.
5: Yeah, I don't, I did not see Graham today. So I, maybe, maybe he was somewhere else.
1: Damn probably busting a big story better get cracking all right well we miss you bud yeah we look well forward to having you back in there. I'm, gonna,
5: I'm gonna go write this column and then i'm gonna head to hamtramck oh of uh, all places to a to a high school there to watch a basketball game a freshman basketball
1: game well obviously we're putting oh, our best people be a- on the best assignments <laughs> and then she are sending Sean to no my, uh, my it's
0: my a family son, meeting, right yeah
5: my son my son makes his coaching debut today and uh and I am gonna go to Amdrama and watch him. You should write a story on that. why not? Right? uh maybe I will eventually at some point yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah maybe 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 I will is it is it wrong that I'm more excited to go to a freshman game in Amdrammic than I any of these football games I've been to lately well, or I don't going know. to the big Ten title game this Saturday I mean, you
0: know past Saturday is pretty sweet. Pardon me? I'm going to miss my daughter in a parade on Saturday to go to the Big Ten Championship.
5: To go watch a foregone conclusion. Oh, She's, that's nice.
0: She said it was okay. She said, yeah. I qu- and I quote her, there'll be more. I'm
5: like, okay, cool. Well, my son said the same thing. He said, don't worry about it if you can't get there. But no, it's his first one. I, I'm, I'm going to do my best. He's to older. He'll remember. Nine-year-olds don't remember anything.
1: That's uh, true. Well,
5: I'm glad you're uh, able to get through the show, Mike. What a thanks, bad for, uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Sean, uh, it's always nice to have you hanging around, even if, uh, even just by your ankles. You, I, I wish we, I, know, it's, I it's wish so we had right. our Patreon on, going because right. if you were watching this at home, seeing Sean upside down is, uh, is, is different. It's, a, it's Well, a, what's, it's what's funny is that
5: both you guys are upside down, and I'm right side up in my my view here. But uh, so it's spoken been spoken like the true up. narcissist
1: that you are. It's the rest of the no, world that's you, upside you down. Like, uh, <laughs> you guys are
5: like you guys are like Kiefer Sutherland and whoever else the hot model was in the Lost Boys.
1: Hanging oh, up Jason the, Patrick,
5: you know, vampires hanging up in your cave.
1: Yeah, all I remember from that is the the oddly oiled up muscle man playing saxophone, but he really does play that saxophone. Uh, That's a story for another (laughs) time. Oh,
5: Jason, uh, Jason, uh, Jason
1: Patrick. No, no. When, when they're at the big party, and they're playing, uh, they're playing that. Can you feel the heat tune? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. guy with the long ponytail, and he looks like this <laughs> yeah. this gorilla playing saxophone. But that's he really—that's who he is. That guy is actually a fascinating story. He was an oh addict. Oh my God!
5: It's funny how the back in those days the sax was everything. Clinton went on to Arsenio didn't even play the sax. Mm-hmm. The whole sax thing back in that era is funny. Did Rob didn't Rob Lowe play the sax in a movie at one point?
1: No, I think uh, he got caught in a sax video with a couple of hairdressers in Georgia, <laughs> but that's a whole different story.
2: Uh, Sean, we'll uh, we'll by, see you by back the way, here I next
1: into, week.
5: I ran, I ran into oh, our here. friend of the show, Dan Wetzel. Oh, you did at the, the Michigan Ohio State game, and he came up and he was like, "Man, that was." He, he was just talking about how much fun he had coming on and how much fun the show was, and he he, he said he wanted to cut. He said, "Anytime you want me to come back." So good,
0: he's
1: a fun I guy. To, I, wanted
5: al- I wanted to pass that along. I wanted to pass that along.
1: Uh, We'll bring him back, and we'll get some gravity boots for you, so we can recreate this experience. I think, I think you know, when all the blood rushes to Sean's head when he's upside down like this, he just comes with a lot more energy. I think he looks like he's got more
0: hair too, because you can see it hanging down a little bit. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's (laughs) nice. Not not much more hair. If you had the Floby, you could give yourself a free
0: haircut, cheap. (laughs) You're not. Of course, you don't, because you're not really upside down. You're just upside down to us. I know. I
5: know. All right, my brother. All right, my brother. All right, be well. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Look forward to seeing you in the studio next uh,
0: next week. Maybe Saturday. I'll see you Saturday.
5: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holler at me. What time are you getting
0: in? L- uh, late, because I got to do uh, another kid thing beforehand. See, so, so I'm you're not getting... that bad of a parent.
5: No, you're not. So you're, dri- you're driving or flying? Driving. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. All right,
5: well, maybe, maybe I'll see you Sunday.
1: Hey,
0: we certainly can't settle this off the air.
5: No, we can't. We can't. All right. <laughs> All right, bye, Sean. All right. See you guys. Uh, Bye.
1: Coming to you live in the field. Sean Windsor, once again, redefining the medium. <laughs> Broadcasting in general. With his upside down okay. take on the world, which uh, today literally is. Ups- but no, actually, it's we're all upside down. I know. Not, not Sean. So this is the portion of the show where we thank our donors. And we're out. Um, that was it. No donors right. this week, but uh, but we do have a little update from intern Al about our Patreon. Al, you've been do doing we- some research and looking at that Patreon. What are we thinking about? What sort of levels are we looking at, and what sort of uh, what sort of incentives, what sort of bonuses will we have for people who open their hearts and their wallets just a just a crack, just a scosh for those of us who are toiling away at um, at basically a pro bono basis.
4: So, I'm thinking a 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100, and then maybe 500.
0: Oh, my God. What are we going to have to do for that? Uh, uh, you gonna, you get
1: free access kitchen? to Sean's car. <laughs> That's right. <He'll, laughs> he will supervise the orgy.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, we're looking at some maybe a behind the scenes tour for some of the more expensive members. Oh. Mention at the end of the show if you also are willing to pay more. Um, Ad free access. That's nice. Very nice.
1: Listen. And that would be at a very uh, entry level point, right? We're thinking yeah, five we're thinking, bucks we're a month.
4: Five bucks for entry okay. level uh, for free ads or ad free.
1: Now, where does the Sean prepares a meal for everybody come in? Is that is that at the five hundred or the thousand dollar <laughs> level, or is do that we have, at the fifteen?
4: I'm thinking one hundred. I think that's a good one hundred fifty, maybe. Okay. Is that a little bit too low? You want me to go higher?
1: We have to see what Sean's going to prepare. I don't. I don't want to get a hundred bucks and then uh, he ends up making like uh, filet mignon. <laughs> no, we we'll also don't want to give people ramen either.
4: Yeah, we'll we'll make them do cheap hamburgers. How about that? Oh All man, right. it's, it's, that would
1: that would break I his heart. Do, I don't do anything cheap. Yeah, uh, you got you got to prepare. You got to get the wagyu beef or what was the beef that we used to talk about from the butchery that had the. It was it uh, wagyu? Yeah, uh, it was something that had the. Um, the striping, the ribbing, yeah, whatever the hell it I was. was. But wow. uh, yeah, yeah, it was something from California anyways. I'll well, eat it. Well, a happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to Dave Hubbard, who uh, who is preparing his next venture out there in the culinary world. So, so Al and I and Mark are going to work on this Patreon uh, after the show. So hopefully before the end of the year, we will have an opportunity for you to support us and also to get some cool stuff out of it because we we if we're going to make this value added we got to give you more so uh, more on that so al great work uh feedback is very brief this week uh emma writes in and says in a message entitled simply harbaugh Uh uh-oh how can people hate this guy hope harbaugh stays in a2 for 10 more years he is 100 percent right about all the mostly grifter coaches being obscenely overpaid. Now, of course, he was He's obscenely awful. overpaid when he started. Yeah,
0: but he admitted it.
1: That's true. The revenue should be going to the student athletes and maybe financial aid for poor and middle class non athlete students. I like that second part. Mm. Suspension no over. Jim Harbaugh renews call for revenue sharing in college sports, is the article that Emma links to. So, Emma, thank you for writing to us. You can all send us your thoughts, which we're happy to share at detroit at gmail.com. That's also where you can contact us with your suggestions for room 7609. And if you have any suggestions for how we do this Patreon model, if there's things that you're willing to pay for, things that would make it worth your time and money, please let us know before we get this thing going. Time is running short, unlike the show, which is running long. So uh, so please write us. We always love to hear from you. And also rate the show, share the show, and, um, you know, whatever else you're doing, let us know right, how we're doing. Listening's enough. Yeah. Listening is plenty. That's, that's a good thing. So... Uh, Mark, I think I think that probably does it. Al, uh, are you? Is this is this your last week with us here in studio, or we might might we be able to drag you out when you're not in class?
4: Maybe, maybe I mean, if I'm not in class, you can drag me out again. I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, maybe last week, maybe not. Who knows?
1: Okay, so it's like when, having you around, man. When he's yeah, not running, so. fighting, or hiding. Oh jeez, did I get that right again? What is, is it? Cr- run, hide, hide, run, hide, run, fart, hide, run, run fight. fight. No, no, I fight. actually
4: I actually said it wrong. It's run, hide, fight, run. Oh.
1: Run, really? hide, fight. Okay. Yeah,
4: because you're like running first, then you got to hide. You can get out of there, then you want to get the hell out of there. So
1: Okay, I like that idea. Okay, well, uh, we are going to run. We're never going to hide, but we'll fight occasionally, and that's what makes this show worth listening to, some people tell us. So thanks for spending some time with us on this Tuesday. Remember, our merchandise store closes tomorrow. That's Wednesday, November 29th at 8 p.m., please get your orders in. This is high quality gear. I've been wearing it and loving it and looking like a million bucks, which tells you how good it is. Cause to make me look like more than five bucks, it's gotta be pretty sweet. And that is, um, a limited time offer. And we will get you this stuff in time for the holidays. Um, sizing is true to fit by the way. So if you're an XL, you can order an XL. Um, if you're a small, you're probably not listening to this show. Um, but that's, that's okay. We are adult content. Um, but not the nasty kind, like Sean has in his car. But that's it until next week. Mark, I hope you're feeling better. Al, stay in school. Stay off that, yes, stay sir. Off that rock and roll and those iPods and uh, bath salts and whatever else you kids are doing these days. Bath salts is over, right? That's Nobody's doing no bath idea. salts anymore? No. no. okay. Great. The odds of anybody getting their face chewed off are very low, and that's a positive note to end it on. So until next week, we turn to our friend Cyrus right. to take us out!
0: Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Yeah. Can you
1: dig it? It is on the air every Tuesday. Tuesday at this time. All characters are completely fictional and bear no relation to any person living or dead. Don't miss M.L. Al next Thursday when the kindly old podcaster turns to the Tea Leaf Murder Case.